there, industrial marketer, and welcome to the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to all the small marketing teams working at companies that make stuff. We are your hosts, Brendan Forrest and Mary Keogh. And like you, we both cut our teeth in-house at manufacturing companies. Today, we are senior strategists at Gorilla76, an agency dedicated to building revenue-focused marketing programs for industrial companies. Our aim is to help empower you to get a seat at the table and move the needle forward on your goals. And today, we're actually going to be talking about how to get a seat at the table. And to do that with us, uh, we have a special guest, uh, Joe Sullivan, co-founder of Gorilla76, joined us in the last episode, if you caught that on the podcast, uh, with our recordings from Industrial Marketing Live. So today's going to be a a follow-up on that conversation. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Looking forward to doing this and and honored that you guys uh, chose me to kind of do this first go-round with you. First kick, that's great. Um, Always get the boss involved in the first thing you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that one of the ways that you get a seat at the table? Exactly. Yep. I see. I see what we're doing here. Okay. So so yeah, Joe, we're just, we're following up on that conversation we had last week. And the first thing I want to talk about was, so we talked about like, what are manufacturing leaders really looking forward to in like marketing and sales programs? But I think one thing to keep in mind for all the industrial marketers out there is what other things are these manufacturing executives thinking about? They're not just thinking about pipeline, right? So like based on your conversations with, you know, 100, maybe 200 plus at this point, what are these manufacturing leaders thinking about outside of building pipeline? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what, you know, what I've observed um, and, you know, just a l- little context, right? I, I'm kind of responsible for marketing and sales at Gorilla. So naturally, I have a lot of very consultative sales conversations with you know, manufacturing CEOs and presidents mm-hmm. and owners. Uh, so I get to talk to a lot of them here and lo- look for those trends. And then, you know, my podcast, the sort of complement to this one, right, is focused on interviewing those types of people and being a resource to them. So, the, the the common threads, like the things that I, I'm just, I know that leaders are dealing with, which for a lot of them is just more pressing in their minds than what they, at least what they think marketing is or should be, is are like some of these big picture issues that are going on in the manufacturing sector, especially over the last few years, like we can't find people and keep people on, you know, on the shop floor to do the job. Like we, we have you know, we, we have unmet demand or we can't meet lead times. Um, you know, our supply chain's a disaster. We've got these parts we're waiting on to produce our final product. And they're probably sitting on a port in China or maybe in San Francisco or whatever. We have no idea. Um, and so I think one thing that's important for marketing folks to consider is that, you know, there are there are probably some really big issues weighing on the minds of the people up the chain from you and um, that are, are, you know, critical to the business. And you're probably privy to what, what those are in, in your company, at least to some extent. But, um, you know, sometimes if, if marketing gets, uh, you know, is, is not the highest priority on their minds at, at any moment in time, like it's sort of a matter of having a little empathy with them and understanding probably what, what things are weighing on them and, what's what's going to be uh you know what will allow them to be successful in their jobs too so those are kind of the the big things that um i just am hearing about from literally in literally almost every conversation yeah so that, i mean so when a you know junior marketer comes into the ceo or the president of the owner's office and starts talking about organic linkedin uh there's probably a reason why they might be like it seems like they're brushing you off yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, you know, I, I look at the conversation we had on Industrial Marketing Live recently that we're, you know, kind of debriefing on here. And um, I think it's it's just why it's so important for the marketer to start thinking about, you know, 
how how can we have how can we fit marketing into the bigger pig picture business conversation? Because down at the tactical level, it's just not what these leaders in in a lot of cases are are really worried about. Yeah, now, like that's like a really that's an awesome point, Joe. And I think a lot of the questions in the chat from that IML were like, "How do I remove the layers? Um, how do I get?" the time and the focus of my leader to explain these concepts to them. So can you talk a little bit more about like how your podcast and your LinkedIn presence kind of broke down those barriers, like how you were still able to be considerate of the labor shortages and the supply chain issues, but also talk marketing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, a good question, Mary. You know, I, when like with my podcast, The Manufacturing Executive, um, it's the idea was how can I be a resource to the manufacturing leader, but from a variety of angles. And I think marketing, which is my expertise and our firm's expertise is just one of those angles. And so that, that's kind of, that was kind of my goal. It's like, all right, well, how can I fit that into the mix of other things that the manufacturing leader actually cares about? Um, so, you know, for those of you listening who are internal marketers and in, inside of manufacturing companies, it's a, it's a little bit different. Like I, I just wanted to, to create a resource for them, infuse some marketing into that, but realizing that it's just one of many things they care about. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. And the other thing to think about is like the leadership is not just the president of the company, right? Like there is, you know, managers of every single department of every function and they all have the ear too, right? So you're talking about, you know, the guy that runs manufacturing, the gal that runs engineering, uh, the people that run sales and customer service and accounting and finance, right? They all have the ears of the leadership. Um, and it's just a, a matter of, you know, inserting yourself into that conversation with marketing and providing really valuable things so that good decisions can be made. Right. Um, and I think, you know, Joe, maybe we could talk about this too, is, you know, how do you see like marketing interacting with those other departments? Yeah, well, um, I think it's hard to, when different departments inside of a manufacturing organization are all siloed, it's hard to really have a lot of context for where you fit in. So, um, you know, if marketing is not really in tune with, product development or like what's going on on the engineering side of your, your business. Um, you're probably missing a big opportunity to understand what, you know, or maybe they're missing an opportunity to understand what their customers care about because, Mm. you know, you're not out there interviewing their customers and you're not collecting information through them from just their day-to-day conversations with those people. And if sales isn't part of those, um, same conversations, like how can they be speaking to prospects in a way that actually touches on what what matters? So um, it, it's just another argument for like marketing needs a seat at the table with the people who are heading up product and who are you know heading up sales. Like everybody's kind of working toward the same goals here, but if we're not sharing information and in on the same conversations, you know, you're you're just gonna. You're gonna be gonna be making a lot of assumptions, I think, in your job rather than you know collaborating and using real insights. So, yeah, Mary, before you started at Gorilla, were you successful in reaching across the aisle to other departments and having that conversation? Yeah, I was. Um, 
mostly through asking questions. So just being genuinely curious, um, coming from, I was just a technical writer. I wrote a lot of our educational materials. And so that helped me open inroads to getting like subject matter interviews to get content for that. And then that gave me opportunities once the interview was done and I got the material I needed to create the content. It was, Hey, you know, aside from that material we just covered, can you talk to me more about like what role this product plays in the company as a whole? How do you guys measure um, profit margins? Um, how do you do market research? How do you decide which product you're promoting this quarter and next quarter? Um, and that just like, they already know the answers to those questions, right? So they're excited to answer them because it's mm-hmm. a topic they know a lot about. Mm-hmm. It's their whole job, really. And then they see you as a partner. So they see you as someone who's curious about the business, who's curious about what they do. And that helps. It helped me mostly um, build really great relationships. So when those leaders of the product engineering teams had a new crazy idea, they bring it to me, which was kind of neat and Mm -hmm. see like, hey, how can I experiment with Instagram or LinkedIn? Or what do you think about doing more digital stuff? So that was really fun. And so I think just being a genuinely curious person who wants to know more about the business is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know just being a good strategic marketer and asking questions and being and partnering with other people just allows every function to be more effective, right? And Joe, you you started to hit on it, right? Like if a marketer and engineer work closely together, I can provide insights to engineering so they know this is what the next product needs to be. You know, here are the problems that the customers are having with the current product, and here's how we can you know make it work better so it's more user friendly, right? Or it's quieter, or uses less energy. Like figure out the things that are the pain points of our customers and bring that to engineering to make a better product, right? Like we can go to sales, and now we start working with sales and. Hey, it's sales instead of here's a bunch of trade show leads or flyer leads or a Zoom info list. Here's a bunch of high intent leads that we got from the website based on the conversations that you and I have had, or you know, talking to finance and accounting. Like, here, here's what I want to spend on marketing. What does the budget allow? And making a negotiation with that. Uh, but you know, learning about that piece of the business as well, and like understanding you know how your marketing ties into the cost of the company and the revenue of the company. I think it's that's all super important. And then you can bring it to leadership and start talking about like pipeline and revenue and profitability and the things that you know the business outcomes that leadership cares about like we talked about right so instead of talking about tactics we start talking about business outcomes yep yeah that's well said i think the team who's most desperate for to build a relationship with marketing is sales too which is funny because i think that's the one that marketers are the most wary of building i think mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen anyway, is like marketers are kind of scared to talk to sales, but like sales, when marketers do talk to them is so excited. They're like, I can't believe you're asking me for my ideas and my insights. So I think that's a really easy way to make an inroad too. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, office politicking too, right? You got to build a coalition with people and then you have, you know, a, a gang of people behind you that you can go to leadership with and say, we want to do this program. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot louder coming from multiple voices instead of just the, the lone single junior marketer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, do you have any other thoughts about this before we get into lightning round? Um, you know, just about getting a seat at the table and, and talking to leadership. Um, you know, I, I would just kind of reiterate some things that we, we touched on during the industrial marketing live session that, um, 
you know, I think if you're if you're bringing to your company's leadership just the mindset and attitude that uh, you know, listen, I want marketing to be a revenue engine for the company, not just a tactical, uh, you know, sort of necessary evil or expense like. Mm-hmm. We know we need to do some marketing and we're going to do the trade shows and we're going to do the print ads and we're going to do the, you know, whatever is that you've traditionally done, but instead come with the, you know, sort of humble yourself and say, listen, I want to, I know marketing can be a revenue engine, but I need to understand, you know, the bigger picture um, business goals and where you CEO or president or owner are trying to take this company Mm -hmm. and what success looks like to you. I want it to be my job to reverse engineer the plan that's going to help us get there through marketing. And you don't even have to believe me yet that marketing is capable of doing that, but I believe it is. And um, and I want to help design that plan. And I want you to give me the opportunity to do that. But I need to ha- I need to be in these strategic conversations with you mm-hmm. so I can understand, you know, wh- where you're trying to go, where we're most profitable, where we're not where the growth opportunities, uh, you know, lie within the company and our product lines or in opportunity markets. And if I can understand some of this stuff better, then I can help, you know, I can apply my expertise as a marketer, which is why you hired me to go uh, figure out how to get you there, or at least on that path as as far along as possible through the things that I know how to do really well. Mm -hmm. So if, if you have, if you can get into that conversation I think you'll just be looked at differently as a marketer in in your company. You can move from being sort of a a tactician in the minds of your leadership to somebody who is trying to uh, impact revenue. And it's, you know, when you're seen as an expert, you're going to have a lot more value in in their minds. um, Just thinking like, thinking like a business owner. Mm -hmm. All right. Bring on the lightning round, man. Let's do the lightning round. (laughs) All right, hit us, Okay. So before we get into like some more of the questions, um, just because it came up so many times, is there any other like quick hit tips either of you guys want to give on removing layers to get in contact with decision makers? Or do you think we kind of covered it pretty well? I think like trying to learn the language, right? And I think that's where... I don't think you learn a lot of good stuff about like how to do tactical, like industrial demand generation in college. Right at getting an, uh, your your undergrad in business administration, but you do learn things like what business finance is. You start learning about you know legal stuff. You start learning about um, accounting and operations. Right, so like I think that's the one of the biggest things I learned out of like my collegiate career. And you you don't have to go to college to learn that stuff. Like it's all free and available on the internet. Right, go to YouTube and LinkedIn Learning and just start like. Take it, maybe take an intro to finance class or an account like accounting basics class, just to like start learning the lingo. I, like, we have to do the same thing when we're talking to our customers, right? With any of our content that we create uh, for outbound uh, demand generation, right? Like, we have to learn the language that our customers speak so that they know that we are a trusted voice. So, you have to do the same thing internally, I think. Yeah, I think that's really smart. I, I love that, uh, you know, speaking the language, but in particular, the the, the finance language, right? And, and you're exactly right, probably five hours of learning and and you could feel a lot more comfortable understanding, you know, even, you know, even the difference between revenue and profit and right. like un- being able to talk about profit margin across different products and understand what that means to, um, to your company's leaders. You know, these are not things that a 
a junior level marketing person has probably really been exposed to in a lot of cases and um, maybe you pick up things just in in conversation with people, but I I would make a conscious effort to just educate yourself around those things. And then, you know, another tip would be uh, I think one-on-ones with people who have different leadership responsibilities in your company are, are a good place to start too. Like, yeah, can you go? Can you spend thirty minutes with um, your CFO or head of finance, and you know, understand like a little bit more about wh- where you are profitable and and the, the finance side of your business a little bit? Can you spend some time with that, the VP of engineering or um, you know people who head up different product lines in, in your company and uh, just kind of understand better what like what are their responsibilities? How are they being? Um, uh, you know, what, what's determining whether they're successful in their jobs, because just being able to understand w- where they're coming from and what matters to them will probably help you as you try to sort of build a coalition of people that are yeah. all working together. So, um, yeah, that's one I'd add to the mix. Nice. Love it. Okay. So let's get into some lightning round. I have direct contact with our owners and talk to them on a weekly basis. Where I struggle is that the owners value old school marketing efforts, trade shows, catalogs, et cetera, over methods that can provide direct measurables. Any advice? Yeah, you know, it's timing. And this is funny. I literally just got off a consultation with somebody right before I was talking to you guys who pretty much said those exact words, you know, <laughs> more, more or less. And and it's uh, not so much coincidence as much as it is just a, a pattern like this yeah. is very common. And, you know, those of you listening who experience that you're not alone. You said a lot of companies are, um, are, are just like this in, in the industrial sector. And I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of it comes down to just a, uh, a, a lack of understanding for what marketing could be, um, as opposed to, uh, what, what it, you know, what it's been in their minds over the course of 30 or 50 years, or, you know, mm-hmm. we talked to a lot of companies that are second, third generation family owned businesses and um, marketing hasn't really played much of a role. Like it's their sales driven organizations. A lot of them don't even have marketing roles. And or if they do, you're, you're probably the only one in your company, some of you listening now. Um, and so I think it, it comes down to the the major theme that we're hitting on here is like, we need to help leadership look a little bit differently at what the role of, of marketing is. And, you know, our, our approach as an agency, cause we've, we've battled the same thing with like our base of prospects um, as you know, the same battle you're facing inside your company in terms of like helping leadership understand. But I think you've got to talk about things like, listen, the buying process has changed over the last one to two decades. Like, do you really think that people, when they need some information on products or solutions, that they're going to pick up the phone and call your salespeople or even the salespeople at any company in the industry? No, they're going to go online and they're going to try to figure out through their networks or through Google or um, industry websites. Like They're going to do the research on their own before they want to talk to a salesperson. And, um, and, and you know, then I think another thing that that often resonates is when we look at like, the percentage of people in specific job titles you can reach in some of these platforms like LinkedIn or you know, even Facebook, depending on how you do it. But, um, you know, people are out there looking, we can reach those people. 
those exact job titles that you want to reach, we can reach them and we can reach them multiple times a month and deliver whatever message we want to deliver to them. It's such a powerful thing. So I think it's, it's a matter of like helping your leadership understand that, like it's different that both how to, how people gather information and how we can reach them than even five to 10 years ago. It's, it's a night and day difference even, even between five and 10 years ago. So it's, it's a tough conversation to have, but I think if you can get your, your main bullet points down and you can, you know, get 30 minutes of attention from them. Um, I, I just think any leader would be foolish not to at least listen. Like, why would you not want to understand what, could be different than the way we've always been doing things. So I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. You guys, I haven't, I haven't had the privilege or, you know, the, 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 the benefit of working inside of, of a uh, manufacturing company like you guys have, I've always been an outside consultant. So I'm curious if you have any, anything you'd add to that. Yeah. I'd say like having that conversation is really important, but then when the rubber beats a road, like trying to get them to buy off on a $150,000 marketing plan is probably uh, probably a step too far. Right. Um, but Mary, what you and me have kind of talked about here, you know, to start like a paid social demand generation program is ask for some money, right. One to $2,000 and just prove the efficacy of a channel, right. You know, create a smart campaign on LinkedIn. You know, you don't have to target all the people in your audience, but get a really niche down uh, version of your audience and deliver a message to them for a period of time, you know, maybe 30 days. And then just show leadership. Here's the people that I reached with this message. And, you know, this is what happened. Here are the reactions I had. Here's how many people click through to the landing page. And then go into Google Analytics and look. Here's how many people stayed on the landing page and read through it and spent, you know, two to three minutes on it. And I think that's all the hard work is really proven the efficacy that, yes, our buyers are on the internet. They're looking for information and they listen to what we said for 30 days. And then you can start leveraging that into a more cohesive, comprehensive marketing plan. Yeah, totally agree. I think what um, Polly said during this, if you haven't had a chance to listen to this episode, definitely go back and just review what Polly said, which is you should think of your website and your social media presence as a 24-7 trade show booth. Mm -hmm. It's open all the time. You get to post whatever you want. You get to talk to your ideal buyers. Mm -hmm. And to Joe's point, the best thing about paid distribution is that you get to target specific job titles. You get to target your exact person on LinkedIn or other social media channels. And to Joe's point, I don't think this is like them burying their heads in the sand or anything. I don't think they're doing it because they don't believe in you or they don't trust you. I think it's more, they just don't know what they don't know. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I just read uh, The Psychology of Money and in the first chapter, it's called uh, Nobody's Crazy. And it's just based on like people make financial decisions like you, me and Marion and Joe, we're all kind of in the same generation, right? So we make our financial decisions based on what we've learned, you know, through the nineties and two thousands. Uh, but yeah. our parents and their parents grew up in the depression and then through like the big boom after the war. Right. So like they make financial decisions based on what their lived experiences were. We have way different lived experience. And so we make way different financial decisions. And it's the same thing in marketing, right? Like we grew up in uh, very comfortable on, you know, electronic systems, you know, playing Nintendo, like the early IMAX, like we know how to work on computers. Whereas like, Business leaders saw a lot of success in the 80s and 90s, probably, you know, not doing digital work at a lot of really good trade shows, brought in a lot of leads, you know, very sales focused, right? So like huge sales, like armies and things are different now, but it's hard for people to change their mindset on things like that when it worked for me 10 years ago doing it this way. Uh, But like you said, Joe, things are changing. Well said. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So let's, let's move on to our next. 
Um, I get invited into the room. So this is when we were talking about how do I get a seat at the table? How do I get in the room with those decision makers? So this person says, I get invited in the room, but immediately after the meeting, get pushed right back over to my sales manager. Repeat this process every month. What should I do? Hmm. Yeah. So kind of getting stuck. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'd, I think I would be curious. I don't know who this question came from, but you know, what's happening in that room when you are in there and are, are people's ears open? Um, are we, are we focused on the right stuff? Um, I think it's, you get into the room and you kind of just uh, listen or take orders or, you know, answer the questions that are thrown at you. It's one thing I think to, if you're going to shift mindset or help people understand, um, help your leaders understand what could be different or what impact marketing is going to have. I think you almost need to go in with a game plan about like, this is, this is what they, this is the perception of marketing right now. This is what I need to shift it to. What, what things need to be communicated here? What, tangible examples could I show that would make, you know, these concepts a little more concrete? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking on the fly. I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. I love that, Joe. Like go in with a goal. Like what's the one nugget I want this group of people to leave with to help them see marketing differently. That's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you've been in the room for a while, like you know, the patterns and the things that is being talked about. So like, yeah, go into the plan and like, and maybe show like, you know, here's how marketing could fix that. Yeah. And you know, if you're going to build a coalition, you know, outside of the room. Yeah. yeah. If you're going in and and it's just sort of the same agenda every, every month or whatever the, the cadence is. And it's like, all right, now we're going to hear from, you know, Bill over here about what, uh, you know, what, what marketing has done over the last month. And you're probably going through like, here's the things, here are the things we've been doing. Here's the lead gen report. Here's what traffic looks like. Like, it's probably just the same kind of stuff. Um, but I think if you can go in and instead say, all right, so here's, here's what I want to communicate about sort of what we could be doing differently with marketing, how it could be, um, how we could look at marketing as a vehicle for driving revenue as opposed to just, you know, reporting on leads and traffic and things like that. And take take the time to educate. Feel free to steal some of our slides. We'll give them to you if you want to. Like what some of the, the visuals and sort of talking points that would um, that I see catch the ten- the attention, frankly, of, of leaders. And, you know, a lot of it comes down again to the things we talked about earlier in this conversation about like thinking like a business owner and talking more about um, where marketing fits into the the bigger picture business goals rather than just sort of you know, talking about the tactical stuff and reporting on that. Yeah. Yeah. Once or twice a month, you know, guerrilla strategists sit down with the client and we talk about the results we've had over the last, over the last month or two weeks. And we always start the conversation off with business results. And we talk about, you know, here's what the pipeline looks like and here's how marketing has impacted the pipeline. So I think you need to shift that conversation away from tactics, like you said, Joe, and start moving and talking about business outcomes first. You know, there might be they might be curious on like what the website's doing or you know other marketing you know KPIs, I guess. Um, but yeah, try to shift that conversation to business outcomes. I think is what you have to start with. And Mary, I think this is a good spot for you to kind of put in. You know, when you were working on trying to get the CRM implemented at your old company, like you know, how long did it take you to figure out like what was actually going to make a difference in people's minds? Yeah, it took me a long time. It's like 
be prepared to fail a lot when you're trying to leave these little nuggets. So um, I was convinced that we could use the CRM so much more effectively than we than we were previously. So I would deliver a report and be like, here's what I found from this report. And they'd be like, okay, cool, bye. Uh, okay, try again. All right, here's this report. So I'm going to try and find... So I did this like probably 10 times and I finally found the report that stuck and it was lead follow-up times. So how long was it taking for a lead to follow up versus when they would close? And not surprisingly to anybody who's listening to this, the leads who were followed up with faster, obviously moved to opportunity and then to a close. So um, this was my report to say, hey, we need to get on the sales guys to log opportunities and um, follow-ups because I knew they were following up. I trust my sales team. I know they're doing it. They're just not logging it, right? So it was like, we need to log it. Otherwise to us, it looks like nothing's happening. Right. So that was the report that finally did it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Oh, okay. So this was a specific question to Joe from one of our attendees. Joe, what percentage of CEOs say more revenue is always the number one goal versus some other business goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when we're talking about CEOs or presidents, you know, head of companies specifically, um, if they're in the conversation early with me, and, and keep in mind, of course, like we're an agency, right? And people are vetting us as a potential partner. If they're in the conversation early, then usually that's what the conversation revolves around. Now, in other scenarios where I have a marketing person, maybe who's our first point of contact, say one of you listening right now who is in a marketing role in your company and you're, you know, maybe you've got some budget or you're looking to maybe, you know, partner with an agency and you fill out our consultation request and I'm talking to you first. Um, you know, in a lot of those scenarios, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a matter of like, um, I need to, I've been tasked with generating more leads or we've got this huge website project and we need an agency to like do our pay-per-click or whatever, right? And it it tends to start in a more tactical place. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like that's probably a lot of you are in that scenario where it's like leadership is not already thinking of marketing as as a um, having a, a responsibility for generating so much pipeline on a quarterly or annual basis. And so um in those scenarios, I guess the question was just, well, what percentage, you know, I, I think when it's a marketing person reaching out to me, it's probably less than, than 50% of the time where that's really what's driving the conversation. And so I'm usually focused on with that marketing person, you know, Mary, I, you had a LinkedIn post today about asking the why, continue to ask why, 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 you know, we need more traffic. Why? So we can generate more leads. Why? So we can, uh, you know, create more sales opportunities. Why? It's kind of going down that path with the the CEO, right? It, it's like, why ultimately what you what are you trying to do? You're trying to, to grow your business. You're trying to get from point A to point B, whatever that that is. So I'm always focused on trying to help that marketing person reposition, um, you know, the purpose of all this stuff they're doing to their CEO, so that the CEO can start thinking more about revenue as as the driver of of marketing discussions, rather than whatever tactical thing they already sort of, you know, con- consider it to be. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I would say the same. I think 
our conversations, even from the client side, when we're talking with marketing leaders versus CEOs or business leaders, the conversations are usually a little bit different too. Mm-hmm. Okay, final question. What do we do when we have leaders, multiple leaders who are decision makers and their strategies don't align? Hmm. Yeah, that's a challenging one. Um, so you've got maybe a CEO and a, I don't know, COO or head or maybe a VP of sales and marketing who seem to not be on the same page about um, what 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 they're trying to do. Um, that's that's a more complex question. I feel like I think there there's there's certainly some some you know some red flags I'd, I'd throw up there, but. Um, sometimes the marketing discovery, I've seen the marketing discovery process help leaders of companies talk about things that they maybe just realize, almost helping them realize that we should probably be a little more aligned on this stuff or Mm -hmm. talking about these things. So, you know, we, we force anybody we're working with to go through, fill out this discovery survey. Like, let's answer this question together as company leaders, where are we trying to go as a company where our... Uh, you know, our biggest growth opportunities, um, you know, who are those buying process influencers? Um, and so sometimes, I mean, maybe in some scenarios, it's just that those things aren't talked about um, in in a, you know, in, in a setting where everybody can have a voice and have the opportunity to get aligned. It may not be that they're they're at odds with each other about what they believe. It's just that they're not they haven't really sat down and, and tried to align and prioritize. Um, I don't know. Just trying to think think as think on the spot here. Uh, do, do either of you have a perspective on that? Yeah. So I think a lot of times with that discovery survey, Joe, and it's it's a very comprehensive document. There's a lot of questions in there, and I think it allows a business to like really like figure out like and put into stone like oh this is where we kind of see the world right now and i think you can do that internally too like you know you, you don't maybe can't go in with like a huge discovery survey but you could put on like a positioning workshop and get everyone in the room and uh you know talk through those things and like who are our best customers what's our competition what are the things that make us different uh you know talk about those types of like what what market do you think we're even in um and then from there, like go further and talk about like business goals and like, you know, what revenue goal are we going after? What profitability goal are we going after? How does marketing and how does sales impact that? You know, what kind of things are en- the engineers building to go after that positioning? So that's how I would go about it is get everyone in the room and, uh, you know, frame it as a positioning workshop. So everyone's got their guard down and they're not, you know, uh, holding anything back and you can get things out on the table and have a good conversation and align people in a single meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is a little bit stronger. Um, I'm going to speak very selfishly from the side of the manufacturing marketer. So I'm always advocating for you guys. Um, align yourself with the leader who's thinking along the same lines as you strategically. So let's say you have two leaders. You have one who's asking you to do the brochures and the campaigns and they can't answer the why they're just like, we'll just do it. Like we're growing in this segment. We want to promote this product. Okay, fine. Check the box, do the absolute bare minimum. I'm sorry. I know it's going to sound terrible, but this is the for the better of your career as a manufacturing marketer. And then you have the leader who's thinking more strategically. So maybe he wants you to experiment with paid social media. Maybe he wants you to do more stuff with the website. Those are the things that you can put on your resume later 
or that's going to help you become a business asset. So as a manufacturing marketer, you need to think strategically about where your philosophy lies and which leader you align with more strategically. And that's who I would put more of your effort towards. Good perspective, Mary. I like it. All right, Mary, that was the last question, right? Uh, that's a wrap on the uh, on the lightning round. All right. So, Joe, before we get out of here, um, do you have any parting thoughts for the industrial marketers out there on getting a seat at the table? I would just say, as, as I've said a few times here, I think through this and the, the last session that we did live, but um, I think you, you just, you need to be able to think about how, how am I going to position myself as a business advisor inside of my own business, as opposed to just a, a person to execute tactics. And you're probably gonna have to execute tactics too, like part, part of the job, especially yeah. if you're, you're the only person there, but um but you also need to be carving time and creating the opportunity for your marketing knowledge to uh, be used as guidance for your company leaders. So that's that's what I'd leave you with. Awesome. Um, and before we go, um, Joe, for our guests, we like to leave a little space uh, for you to plug yourself. So you know, where can people reach out to you? Uh, what projects are you working on? So hit everyone with your details. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I as as co-owner of Gorilla and the one head of uh, in charge of marketing and sales at Gorilla, um, I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn and I publish content there um, most days. So if you're not connected with me, please connect with me there. Um, I guess you guys know our company by now, since Mary and Brendan are are a, a big part of it too. But yeah, take a look at what we're doing at Gorilla Seventy Six. And, uh, and then my podcast is um, the manufacturing executive. So this one was our idea was, you know, we were talking to, to business or manufacturing leaders through the manufacturing executive. Let's talk to the marketing people through the manufacturing marketer, but we see them as sort of compliments to each other that help the same company. So take a look at uh, the manufacturing executive as well. Yeah. And especially, uh, you know, marketers get your leadership listening to Joe's podcast. I think it's going to help you, uh, you know, get alignment on some of these things that we've been talking about on on this podcast and on Industrial Marketing Live. So, um, you know, Joe talks in a similar vein on how we talk here on his podcast that's directed to towards your leadership. Yeah, I won't try and boost your ego too much, Joe, but um, not going to lie, your your podcast was super helpful for me to get that perspective on leaders before I came to Gorilla 76. So it can help you as a marketer also just broaden your perspective too. Awesome. Great to hear. All right, Mary, you want to hit them with the details on IML? Yeah, so you guys can catch us. Um, you might have heard us reference Industrial Marketing Live episodes. We do the these bi-monthly. They're a live virtual event where we gather industrial marketers in the B2B space to talk about relevant topics to their job. So it could be trade shows, could be SEO, could be paid social, could be how to get marketing a seat at the table. Our next episode is going to be how to build your marketing programs for 2023. We're super excited about it. And you can find all the details to register at industrialmarketinglive.com. And Brendan, tell them about the Slack group. Yeah. So to complement uh, IML and this podcast, we also have a Slack group. Uh, there's 80 marketers in there. Uh, I think we're posting you know, every day, every other day uh, with, with questions, topics, uh, things that we're learning. Um, you know, a bunch of pictures came out of uh, the Industrial Marketing Summit. So um, it's, a, it's a good time and it's a, a place for you to get answers and feedback on things that you can't get feedback on in your day job because you're the only marketer and nobody else has an opinion. 
So we would love to help you out. So get connected with us. So DM me or Mary on LinkedIn and we'll get you connected. Um, yeah, and make sure you check out IML uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So um, I think that's all we have for you. So thanks for joining and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for joining us. You bet.